0: It is that time again. we got Wednesday morning Lawyer Talk Blitz free legal advice session coming up. I think we're, I don't know. We're about three minutes away. Three minutes away. So if we say it in a radio voice, three minutes away from Lawyer Talk Blitz session free legal advice. So uh, you're not listening to this live, but if you were, you could phone in now to the Blitz and stand in line. We did have one question, though, that came to Actual Lawyer Talk from the Lawyer Talk Nation uh, that I thought we'd answer before we interface with Randy and Loper over at the Blitz. Uh, Texted in
1: to the 511 Studios via Jared. All right, here we go. you ready for the question? I'm ready. I'm pretty sure that the clerk of courts tried to deliver a summons for me while I was in Florida. I think it has to do with my car accident last year, but it's certified mail, and I would have to go sign for it at the post office. It's also addressed to my married last name. Can I get in trouble if I don't sign for it or pick it up?
0: Yeah, you know, this is one of my favorite questions, and I get stuff like this all the time. And and say, for instance, you came into my office and you had a little problem, and uh, it hadn't really emerged yet. Like you hadn't been charged with a crime yet, but it's under investigation and you think it's coming. Or you haven't been sued yet, and... But you, you got a pretty good hunch it's coming. You could stick your head in the sand and hide from all the paper, hide from the knocks on the door trying to give you paperwork. You could ignore certified mail. And ultimately, are you going to be charged with a crime for ignoring certified mail or not answering the door? Nah, probably not. But the underlying purpose of the certified mail or the knock on the door or the papers that are getting delivered to you, will you're going to have a problem there. So if you don't accept service or you don't pick up your certified mail, well, it could be that you're being charged with a traffic violation or some other, maybe even a felony or there might be an indictment relative to the traffic vi- or the problem. I don't know the problem. Or more likely, it's probably a lawsuit. It's probably a civil suit that somebody has filed. And it, it generally, service of summons it generally will come that way. And you know, if you ignore it, you can ignore it, but it, the problem's not going away. Yeah, the, the, what what they'll do is they'll do this like nasty thing called a
1: default judgment. Because so, you so, didn't show. We tried to get a hold of you. We knew your address. Right. And so you're not here to defend yourself.
0: Yeah, if you don't show up to defend yourself, guess what? They won't defend you for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, they, they're, they're not going to do you any favors. They're going to say, well, what we got right here is a win. This is a forfeit. You have forfeited. It's like if you are got the big game coming up on Saturday afternoon and Ohio State says, you know what, we just don't feel like cruising up to Michigan. Uh, it's too dangerous because of COVID. Well, you're going to forfeit.
1: Dial 821-9970.
2: If you need free legal advice on Loper and Randy, better call Steve. All right, you guys can feel free to uh, text your legal calls and your legal questions to 99700, and we'll have our buddy Steve
0: Palmer on.
3: Who else is having a great time today?
2: I'm having a great time. Steve Palmer, mm-hmm. you having a great time?
0: I'm having a ball, man.
2: This guy's having a ball, and uh, he's a lawyer. And a lot of people say, hey, man, a lawyer's not fun, but you're doing podcasts. You're having a lot of fun. You have your friends over there, all except for me.
0: Yeah, you know, you're welcome anytime, man. Just to come check out the bunker. In fact, just move the show over here.
2: Every time you text me, change the address. You're always like, oh, just change addresses again. Go to this one. And I'm always like, hey, Steve, you're not here. Oh. Yeah. Though, yeah. I, it's like, I don't know what you're doing, man. I don't think it's legal, though.
3: It has mafia right. podcast. Uh, in <laughs> seriousness, here's
2: Randy with a real legal question.
3: All right, so this is from Jacob. He says my university police department interrogated me on the charges of drug distribution and drug possession. Mm-mm. My university dean, who was in the interrogation room, was supposed to guide me. I thought, and the two detectives led me to believe that one, this investigation would stay internal within the university. Two. I would certainly benefit from telling the truth under the university's internal disciplinary process. Although I was read my Miranda rights, I confess to the distribution of substances. Now my case is being referred to the local police department and I'm facing criminal charges. Were my fourth or fifth amendments violated? Am I being unjustly coerced into confessing?
0: Yeah. All right. Well, there's there's a few things to unpack there. First of all, it matters whether it's a private university or a public one. Um, Generally speaking, public universities, you have a little bit more due process protection than on the private side. Uh, But as soon as the police get involved, uh, Miranda and all the general constitutional protections are present and and do apply. Now, sometimes you have like uh, the private police force of a private university that's different than actual cops. And it sounds like these are actual detectives working for the government. Uh, in that capacity, now they did read his Miranda rights, and that means that they did it correctly. Sounds like this gentleman waived his right to remain silent. It sounds like he instead elected to give a statement, thinking somehow it'll all be better if I just confess. It hardly is ever better if you just confess, at least not in this uh, context. It's you know if you're going to confess or make statements, you want to do it with an attorney present and uh, be very careful about the advice you would get or the advice you get on that. Now the other thing
3: now is it's a, just question is a miranda act the one that's like you have the right to remain silent mm-hmm. okay I just want to make yeah. sure we're on the up and up everybody okay yeah. got it My yeah, buddy
2: yeah. had a wife named miranda one time and he would say yeah she reads me my miranda rights every night and she go
3: you have no rights <laughs> oh my gosh
0: well <laughs> that's crazy i swear that's a true
2: story true?
3: okay yeah. <laughs> back to you it's not good
0: yeah i don't have any legal comment on that one but <laughs> um you know, Miranda works this way. If you're in custody and that's, that doesn't necessarily mean under arrest and they want to ask you questions about the case, then they have to first warn you that the things you say are going to be used against you and you, you can have a lawyer, et cetera. So uh, the other part of this, often people are put in this sort of um, catch-22 situation where if you make statements that you're required to make for the university, like, sorry, son, if you don't cooperate with us, we're kicking you out, particularly if it's Ooh. a private university. Um uh, then you're going to get those statements can be used against you in the criminal side, but you'll be kicked out of school. So it's like, do you keep silent, get kicked out of school and protect your criminal rights? Or do you talk and know that you could compromise your criminal case? And, you know, depending upon the severity of what we're dealing with, I often have to talk through those problems with my clients. Like if it's a, say somebody is wrongfully accused of a rape um, and, you know, they're questioned in the university setting and uh, through whatever, whatever, uh I, I guess process they have. Uh well, you know, they have to cooperate or they're gonna be kicked out of school. And cooperate in that situation means talk. If they if they don't talk, they get kicked out. But if they do talk, then they've compromised uh their position in the criminal side. So sounds like what this young man needs is a lawyer. It sounds like he needs uh Yavich and Palmer to represent him.
2: Yes, and uh we'll give the number here at the end. Brandy Steve standing by right here. I used to have a karate girlfriend named Randy. Uh named Brandy.
3: Excuse me. Randy. I,
2: yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah. you to get jealous or anything like that. But well, she just I think she just I think,
3: look, she obviously got jealous and left. I think that was so her. That's why. Randy. You should she hung out. Brandy? You shouldn't mess up like uh, women's names.
0: You scare her away. I know. That's too bad.
3: Way to go. karate shop. All right. So here's a question. Is it legal for my employer to do a mandatory on site COVID nineteen test to us every day? <laughs>
0: You know, I don't know the answer to this, but this is going to come up more and more and more and more. And, you know, is it, is it a violation of HIPAA? Is there going to be some sort of uh, privacy right that's implicated here? Uh, all these sort of rhetorical questions for which I do not have answers necessarily are going to emerge. So if I'm going to work every day, say, at the radio station, and they say, you can't come in unless you take this, uh, um, this test that has an immediate result, and I don't know that those exist right. yet, but they will soon, I'm sure. Uh, then, uh, you know, is that an undue uh, obligation on your employment, conditioning your employment on taking a medical test? Uh, The answer is I don't know. So this is maybe an analogous situation would be like say you're a uh, you got a CDL and they make you take a urine test or a a blood test or a breath test or so before you drive. Nobody would fault that. Um, This is a little bit different. You know, this is like your medical privacy and then what are they going to do with it? So if, you, if it's out in the open and they know that they've got an employee with COVID, uh, what then? You know, are they going to put everybody in quarantine? Are they going to put you in quarantine? Are they going to tell the government that you tested positive and uh, now you need to have uh, – they're going to quarantine you somewhere in a hotel? It's like these are things that are coming that um, – What kind of hotel? I don't know. Maybe the Hilton. <laughs> I heard they're using college dorms.
2: Yeah, I got a lot of kids, man. I might just start saying, back at COVID, what kind of hotel are we going to? <laughs> yeah. Right, I, I'm, I'm going to guess it's not going to be the luxury
0: experience that you might be thinking.
2: <laughs> sorry, kids. I got. They say I have to quarantine. So sorry. Here's one more question
3: for you. Okay, so he writes in, okay, my name is Danny. Uh, long story short, my son was arrested last week after an accident. He got into, it must have been an incident, got into it with his girlfriend's hmm. grandma. So the girlfriend's grandma, come to find out he already spent six nights in jail for the same charges last year. They just rearrested him. Do we have a case to sue for being taken to jail and tried for the same charges where he spent two nights in jail this time for nothing and potentially almost lost his job?
0: Yeah, I guess I would need to know more. But let me let me posit a theory as to what happened here. It sounds like there might be a felony charge. Uh, underlying all this. So a year ago, he got charged by way of a criminal complaint. That's just a police officer swearing out a statement that says, I uh, hereby swear that this person committed a a felony. That, That immediately allows the officer to conduct the arrest, get that person into court or into jail, and then drag him into court where a judge will conduct an initial appearance and set a bond. All right, well, then they got a certain period of time to either indict the case by way of a formal grand jury or bind it over by way of a preliminary hearing, or simply dismiss it until such time as they can get a grand jury and actually uh, present the case to a grand jury for indictment. Now all this is getting complicated but the long story short is this, he's probably been indicted on a case that was dismissed at some point in the past um, and now it's just coming back up and the indictment was sent out by a warrant or they ignored certified mail or they ignored the knock on the door where somebody was trying to serve them a summons to go to court uh, and and now it's going to proceed. If it is something different than that, then that changes the analysis significantly. You can't be arrested and charged twice for the same offense. Uh, but if it's just re, if, if they're just re, or if they're just indicting an offense that had occurred in the past, that's not the same as being charged twice. So uh, again, give us a shout: six one four two two four six one four two. Happy to represent you on that.
2: All right, uh one more here. Uh can you legally shoot a gun at another car in the freeway in self defense because he rammed my car? Oh, that, that happened, that happened. Yeah. Yeah. asking for a friend.
3: In the news last week from
0: the Trump parade. Yeah, this gets tricky. So you're not allowed to shoot a gun from a moving car, generally speaking. I mean, you can't shoot at somebody, generally speaking. Every now and then though, you can act in what's called self-defense. You can actually defend yourself and um, you're permitted under Ohio law in most states to use the kind of force necessary to uh, protect yourself from an equal or uh, greater amount of force. So you couldn't shoot a gun at somebody who's simply giving you the middle finger uh, or maybe if they threw uh, a a snowball at you, you can't shoot them. Uh, now, if they're trying to ram you with a car and you happen to be armed because you have a permit or you're lawfully carrying a gun, um, uh, you know, there's an argument there that you're allowed to use deadly force and that deadly force uh, in this situation would be uh, a, a gun and shooting a gun at somebody. Uh, it, The obligation or all the rules that play on that depend greatly on what the facts are and how everything unfolded. You know, for instance, you can't use deadly force if you started the fight. You can't use deadly force if uh, if they're only using non-deadly force at you. Um, and then you got to throw into the milkshake this other notion that, at least in Ohio now, and lots of other states, uh, the rules change if you're at home or if you're in your car, um, because a car is uh-huh. they're, they're giving that sort of the same purview of protection as your home, and uh, you that can deadly
2: force with another car kind of seems a, a bit aggressive.
0: It does seem aggressive now. What if somebody's trying to run you down? And, and you know, cars are deadly weapons all the time. I represent right. lots of folks who are accused of trying to ram somebody with their car, either after a fight or in a domestic violence situation. Really? It uh, happens a lot, and uh, that's deadly force. You know, that's a deadly weapon um, under the felonious assault statutes uh, if it's adopted and used that way. So, you know, the answer is maybe. And, you know, sometimes people ask, well, what if I'm not allowed to have a gun in the first place? Can I still use deadly force? Well, yes, but you might be also charged with having a gun when you shouldn't. Um, so if there's a improper uh, possession of this firearm to begin with, like they don't have a permit to carry a gun in a car that's loaded, uh, then, you know, that might be a separate problem. It doesn't get them out of that problem.
3: Gotcha. Uh I just showed you a video and you're yeah, like, Yeah, I just saw the video of that. This that is a is driver Florida insane. in Orlando. He just got into a dispute with another driver and he fires through his windshield Woo. at the other driver in their car.
2: Now, you have answered this question before, but uh, it's being asked again. And it's, it's been a little while since we've asked this. Uh, does your medical marijuana card prevent you from getting a concealed carry permit in Ohio? Uh,
0: I believe it does. Yes. Yeah.
2: All right. There you go. Steve Palmer, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hire him as your attorney, you can do that. You can call one simple number. What's that number, Steve?
0: 614-224-6142. Check us out at OhioLegalDefense.com. Or if you want to check out the podcast, you can do that, LawyerTalkPodcast.com.
2: Yeah. A lot of weird stuff going on out there in the world. People, you know, it's it's not your traditional troubles, but people are out there in trouble, man. And if you find yourself in trouble, don't think that uh, it's, it's a great idea to represent yourself. Definitely take it from me. Go uh, get the best. Get Steve Palmer.
0: Thanks, guys. All right. That was the blitz. If you didn't figure that one out. um, Good calls. You know, it's ironic we got the call there. Uh, we, We got cut off on our conversation about services summons and people knocking on the door. And lo and behold, here comes one. Here comes one. So, you know, that guy, it sounds like he was waiting on some felony paperwork to be served on him or some other criminal paperwork. Maybe he didn't answer the door. Maybe he didn't get the certified mail maybe he just stuck his head in the sand, looked the other way, turned a blind eye, pick your cliche. I he made a rhyme there. Uh, and didn't turn out too good for him. He got arrested again. So, you know, the, the pre-blitz questions here, we were talking about that. And what I would suggest to this individual is, yes, you can get in trouble. How you define trouble for not going to get your certified mail all depends. Say there's a deadline that you have to meet and you don't. There's a consequence for not meeting it. Say there is, uh, they're trying to give you papers so you have to go to court even to answer for just a minor traffic violation and you ignore it. Uh, well, guess what happens? Next time you're stopped, you're going to jail in handcuffs because there's a warrant for not showing up in court. These kind of problems, like most, don't go away. It's almost always better to take this stuff head on, like all right, rip the Band-Aid off, get right to the infection, Fix the problem, move on. It's only going to fester and get worse if you don't.
1: Because there'll be an end result. There's always a consequence. <clears throat> there'll be an end to it. So, what about the call they had there? They had that one there. That was the one local here where he shot the shot the semi. I read the read the dispatch. I think uh, on 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 that breakdown, they got different video. They got different things going there. Uh, I talked to uh, some other people that. Uh, my manager, at my store, Derek, he told me that he talked some friends that were in the in the parade, and they said that all kinds of people were cutting in, flipping them off, you know, trying and and <clears throat> wasn't even that rigged, but people were like coming over their cars, like going to hit them, really. And he was just like, "This is so crazy. How did we get here to where that hate runs so deep?" Man, it is. Um... If I saw a Biden parade, I wouldn't be ramming their cars or flipping them off i'd be like this hey man they support their team
0: i might even sing i love a parade <laughs> you know, i, mean, I hey. love a parade now it's it, it really is sort of a, i mean you bring up a good point it's like where are we how is this degraded to this point of absolute hatred that people are it, it, let me just get a little political for a second it's as soon as you tolerate a little bit of that it'll get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse it's no different than uh than training a dog or training a puppy or raising your children or whatever it is like you cannot uh, look if people want to protest if people want to peacefully protest carrying signs getting their permits or even uh even if you didn't get your permit and that's as far as it goes it's like that's totally cool i love it you know have at it i love the first amendment I, i i hate government i hate it and i i love protest you know we don't have the kind of laws that our founders wanted to avoid. Like if you said something bad about the government, then they can throw you in jail. We're allowed to do that here. But as soon as you let it get, as soon as you let it go too far, as soon as you let people engage in violence or worse yet, you redefine violent behavior. Like, Oh, it's not like burning down a house. That's not, or burning down a store. That's not violent. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. It, it, it is, you know, arson. That's arson. That's a, that's an offense of violence and it is violent behavior. It's violent and, and fires are deadly. And and it, it creates a scenario where you're going to get a violent response in return. So if you just say, well, it's only property damage. Well, if somebody is damaging my property, I'm not
1: going to let that happen. And how am I going to stop it? If you gonna- have a fire that's, that, that a building that's burning, fire department shows up. Now their lives are at risk because they have to try to put this out. Correct. Now somebody else's life is at risk because the road is closed off. Now somebody else, now they're tied up here, an actual house fire, another fire that started there where somebody, you know what I mean? They can't get there. Sure. The the medics are all tied up.
0: You bet, right? There's, there's no justification for this. I don't give I sh- I don't care what anybody says. There is no justification for this. And it, this is the problem. Once you tolerate it, it's going to grow and there's going to be more. So now we're at this scenario where you can just, ram- I don't know the story you're talking about, but now there's, I, I assume people are just sort of ramming cars
1: at parades. For- it was, a, the guy shot a full, a semi. So he was in a truck and the semi now, I guess they say they have videos of the same semi before it gets to this individual, you know, of him trying to weave over and, and pushing and, and, and going towards him. So he came over. Um, he, the, the, the guy that shot the car saying he hit my car. The other guy is kind of, the rig is kind of saying, Oh, I just swerved at him. Yeah. So, you know, these are road rage
0: incidents. There's a lot, this, this has been going on a long time. Um, here's the problem with using deadly force it requires most of the time that you abide by your duty to retreat if I'm driving and I've actually done this i mean i've I, there was one time I was driving up i was going up hunting at my at some property up north at 71 a bit and out of nowhere some dude is just pissed off at me and I maybe i who knows maybe I cut him off I, I have no idea what I did but he got and he uh, he was going to run me off the road and I had that flash and he did, right? Like, so he's like trying to weave me off the road. I was like, what the hell is going on with this jackass? And then he, you know, then he, uh, flips me the bird and sort of takes off. And what did I do immediately? Hit the gas pedal, man. I'm going. And you know, I got up to like 80 or nine. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What's the end game? It's like, you yeah, know, I'm, I was 40, you know, it was probably 10 years ago. I was 40 and I had the wherewithal to think, what's the end game here? What am I going to do? Follow him to the next exit. And then what kick his ass, you know, or or what if he's got a gun or, you know, like what is the end game? I was just like, all right, my ego does not need to beat anybody up today. In fact, it it, it probably needs the opposite. So,
1: you know, I mean, however this goes with this gentleman, I mean, this will be a case that I'm sure will be watched and re-reported on. Uh, you got to think about it. I mean, I guess if he's if the rig, I don't know if he had a trailer on it or if it was just. The, I don't. You know, I mean, I don't know enough evidence. I haven't seen any of the videos. So I don't know. But I mean, at that point, isn't that where you just kind of go over the shoulder?
0: Yeah, that's uh, that, that's that's what I was getting at. It's like now you have a duty to retreat. Now what yes. does that mean? You're in your damn car. Just turn. Go over the shoulder. Stop. You know, just yes. stop. Call the police. Yeah. Stop. Who doesn't have a cell phone this day and age? I'm not saying everybody should or does, but you know, this person, prob- if they had a gun, they probably had a phone. And, you know, you can just stop, and you don't have to do this. So that changes the dynamic of the analysis. Now it's not defending yourself. Now you're pissed off shooting at somebody.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm sure that this this big rig probably wasn't the first one that was blasting their horns or flipping them off or swerving over to them mm-hmm. to where – the adrenaline got to this guy. You bet. He—he he, it's just like you said right there. He was hopped up, and this guy's ramming. He's like, "You're gonna ram me? I'm gonna shoot into your truck." Right. So. Which is a bad decision. It's just—it's just all in all, it's a bad decision.
0: It is not self-defense like that. Now, if I'm in my car and I cannot get out of the way, and somebody's coming at me, somebody's gonna ram me, or something's gonna happen, or say there's nobody else on the road. I mean, there's 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 all sorts of nuance you can add to it. And changing one or two little facts can change everything. So let's say it's night, it's in the dark, it's on a highway, and nobody else is there, and it's just you and this other car. Well, if you stop, they're stopping. You know, it, you know it's different. It's like you have, no, you have no other recourse here. Or you know that if you call because you're out in the middle of Arkansas somewhere that nobody is around to help you. So, but then
1: again, a guy with a CDL cannot be driving around and weaving his truck over other vehicles. I mean, when you're in a full rig, there some something very bad can happen very quick.
0: Yes. So if I'm going to make the case, I'm going to say this guy is engaged in deadly force type behavior, because you're right. Look, he's driving a big rig, and you get hit with that, run off the road. I mean, you're it's bad. or you just get clipped underneath and go underneath of it. Mm-hmm. Lots of bad stuff. They're big. Yeah. None of this is to say that the 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 C D L driver gets a pass. I mean, he yeah. he should be charged. Now he should be charged with felonious assault. This is a situation where he has adopted for use as a weapon his vehicle aka the truck, the rig. And you tell me that an 18 wheeler is not a freaking deadly weapon if used that way? I saw I saw the Stephen King movie. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that thing. Yeah, one no of it, the machines what was that I that movie. I can't remember
1: that who one. Who made who or that was the that was the <sighs> ac song? Man, like, I I vaguely remember it. That's uh, early '80s. Yeah, the, the the book was better. I'm sure. I didn't read the book, but I'm sure it was better than the movie. That's right. There was a big rig. They they drove around. The machines took over yeah. and and started to kill people and blah blah blah. But then you can totally shoot it. Yeah. I mean, if the machine's just going crazy, have at it. Now what shoot it, it up. Right.
0: Right. What what about a machine? Now they have these uh, computer driven trucks. So robot trucks. I mean. You could probably shoot one of those. But
1: anyway, it's a yeah, it's never shooting. A good just shooting is not good. I mean, the good news is this. Nobody got hit by the bullet. Nobody got killed, right? That is the good news, but it doesn't... I mean, but don't be shooting into people's cars. It's I, just not a good idea.
0: Look, I shot pistols before at a range, outside, at targets or whatever, and it's hard enough to hit a target when you're just standing there. You know, this isn't Dirty Harry Callahan... Yeah, you know, you're not gonna go seventy miles an hour shooting at people and actually expect to do really well with that. Like, all right, I'm gonna level my
1: pistol and I'm gonna take out his front left tire. But I think this I think the shooting involved whenever they were kind of colliding. Yeah, they were close enough. But
0: I guess it's just sort but of But once again,
1: good news. What if he'd killed the guy and then the guy runs over another car? There you go. Right.
0: This well, and this is like back to the riot consequences. So if if I let's say in your example that you gave earlier, which is actually a really good one. I start a fire. Nobody's home. So it's a business at midnight. Right. right, first of all, that's questionable. And the arson laws actually leave a lot of room for uh, or, or a huge gap for uh, people being there. It's like you can't just, and what I'm saying is say I go into a building at a time when somebody is present or likely to be present, so I'm committing a burglary. Um, the likely to be present is a pretty broad swath. You know, if I'm going to a, an abandoned storage unit, that's one thing. But if I'm going to a, like my office here and the lights, you know, even at even at night, there are people working here. So if I'm coming in, you know, there's a good chance people might be here. The reason that's treated worse in the eyes of the law, the reason that's more serious is because now you've created a scenario where the response uh, could be deadly. If you go in when somebody's there, you're more likely to kill them or cause them harm or they might try to defend themselves and cause you harm and in that process somebody else gets hurt now to carry that over to your arson example you know the first responders show up they're not guilty of anything but they go in they try to put out the fire or maybe there's a dog they try to save the dog and the guy and the fireman dies guess what that is murder and that's an offensive violence if you don't even think arson is then how can you say that's not somebody's got to put out that fire that's dangerous that's an offensive violence Shame on everybody for letting that shit go on. I'm just going to say it. Oh, definitely. Shame on everybody. Shame on a government. Shame on anybody who supports it. I don't give a shit what your cause
1: is. I mean, it's a black Shame guy. Shame on you. It's just not good at all. Yeah, it is it. It is bad.
0: And at the same time, I'll be the first one there walking with you on a peaceful protest about anything that's valid. I, I, I really, to me, that is such an easy line to draw. Like, look, there's bad stuff going on. The government's involved. We need to protest it. I'm with you. I'll defend your right to do it in court. I might even do it for free, actually. And you've seen me in a courtroom doing it for free in the Ohio Supreme Court. Didn't charge a penny to do that because I believe in the Constitution. Now, if you're uh, being a jackass and you're throwing firebombs, uh, you're, 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 you're... Smashing windows you're breaking things it's like I, i'm not going to be there with you I don't care what your cause is i'm not going to be there with you and and anybody who says that's okay and it's not violent. I hear people in the media say that crap isn't violent it's like what a bunch of nonsense because I go into court every day representing people who have done stuff and they call those offenses of violence. it is violent
1: it's yeah, it's violence
0: and when it happens to you in your house, your office, your place of work, and somebody smashes your windows and sets it on fire, and you tell me that shit's not violent if i'm there. It's going to get violent. One
1: broken window is violent.
0: Yes. And we're not talking about like a kid shooting BBs from afar. You know, we're, we're talking about like bricks through windows and Molotov cocktails. This is violent. That's violent. So, and look, you, you might. I've seen the
1: local news here in Columbus. They were right in front of this store that the window was smashed and things have been stolen out of it downtown. And he said, most mostly peaceful protest. And I was like, No. You're standing in front of a store that has been robbed and smashed windows. It's chaos. That's not mostly peaceful. It's chaos.
0: Now, you can say most of the people here are protesting peacefully, but violence. there's also violence. But they're not saying that. It's like, you can't say, yeah, it was arson, but it was mostly peaceful arson. It was... <laughs> It was burglary, but mostly peaceful burglary. They didn't really want to kill anybody when they went into that shop. They just wanted to steal all the money. All right, that's not that, that's not peaceful. That, that, that's violent. And you, know, I, you notice I'm not picking a side of the cause because I really, you know, to me, your cause is perfectly valid if you think it is, as long as you're following the protest rules. I don't care. I really don't care. Now, I may disagree with you. We can have policy. I, I don't care. So be it. But. Man, once you start breaking stuff, once you start hurting people, once once you start lighting fires and once you start letting it get out of control, by you, I mean the government lets this get out of control, then it's chaos. Then, then, then what has to happen? All right. I had this conversation with somebody else where you know, they were saying, well, you you didn't like it. I mean, you were the first one to say you didn't like curfews. So that was the government response. I was like, yeah. And why did we need curfews? Because they let it go on. After the first night, they let it go on the second night. And then they let it go on the third night and the fourth night. They just let it go on. So then you end up with this draconian measure that everybody's got to be locked down. It's like, ah, uh, you know, they they just let the problem get out of hand. So call me whatever name you want. You're not going to get me. You're not going to rattle me on this one. If you want to protest and it's valid, I'll do it with you. If you want to light fires, I don't care what your cause is. I'm not doing it unless your cause is I'm cold and I need a fire here.
1: Now, on that last question that uh was asked to you about it from Loper there about the the medical marijuana card and your concealed carry mm. I think that needs more looking into because I think there's here's a the difference on it. you can't have them both at the same time like if you already have your 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 carry concealed card, then they know that mm hmm I mean, they know that. When they pull you over, they run your place. They know you have that. They don't know it doesn't come up. Hey, this guy has a a medical marijuana card. That doesn't come up. So if you get pulled over and you're like, they'll they'll know you are you carrying a weapon? No weapons. Uh, Do you have anything else in my car that you need to know about? At this point in time, like before, you're supposed to tell them if you have drugs. You know, but that's not drugs. That is your medicine. Would you just tell the doctor that you went and got your 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 acid reflux medicine that's prescribed to you that's in the console? Would yeah. you say I just went and got my? You know what I mean uh, I got penicillin? You you wouldn't you don't need to tell them that. That's not their knowledge. No. You now, don't. if they do find it, then you can show them your medical card and be like, I do have that. It has my name on it. Here's my medical card. There's no gun here.
0: And, and here's where, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take the other, I'll take the, I'm agreeing with you, but I'll take sort of the,
1: you have to take the other side, the
0: other side for a second, not, not even the other side against you, but I, like if anybody b- presumed my comments on violent protesting were somehow politically motivated, I will say this. I don't want police officers asking me <clears throat> when I'm pulled over, do you have anything in your car that I should be aware of? My answer is always silence. I don't have to make any statements to the police. I don't have to tell them there's something in my car unless the law requires me to do it. Now, if you have a if you have a permit to carry a gun, you got to disclose that. But I don't need to tell them I've got my medical marijuana in my center console. I don't no. need to tell them I've got my unlawful marijuana in the console. I don't need to tell them if I'm carrying machine guns. I don't need to tell them anything. And, you know, uh, some of the response we're getting out of uh, out of all this is to that, it's like we don't live in a police state any more than we live in an anarchist state. And, you know, I, I think it's it's really sort of it's awesome if you take in for a second and contemplate the first 10 amendments, maybe even the first five or six. And and what that has done, it's like we have a police force, but they're limited. Like we, They have the right to do their They, they can enforce the law, but they, we have these rights that they can't they can't bust through. It's like it's really such a fascinating balance of power that we have in writing, in our foundational documents, and people take this for granted. It's like, all right, so they can they stop my car for a traffic offense and they want to just keep me there and start questioning me about because I look funny or maybe even give it to them, the color of their skin or my accent or if I have a rental car, whatever it is. It's like they can't just do that. And for years and years and years, I'm here to tell you, their courts gave police... A pass on that kind of stuff. It's still happening. You know, they, they they stretch the exceptions to the Fourth Amendment to permit that kind of stuff. And what are you going to get as a result of that? More of it. More of it. You're going to get you're going to get police who have unfettered authority. Then you're going to then, then there's another response. It goes too far. All right. All I'm asking is, why don't we just look at what's already there? Like these awesome. Let's just start with the Fourth Amendment. That's awesome. We don't need to do more with this. It's there. And if you expand that too far uh, and let the police do what they're going to do, you're leaving room for the one thing that I think exists across the board, and that is uh, human flaw. Not all police are going to be good. Not all police are going to be... They like to ask you the same thing.
1: Do you have any hand grenades, atom bombs, or weapons, or drugs that I should know about? Uh, they like to throw in hand grenades or atom bombs. I like it's sort of joking. Yeah, like yeah. we're just kidding around. Yeah, Yeah, you know. Nah, I, think, nah. eh, you know. <laughs> I was just coming up like this. I do have an atom bomb in the trunk. I, I How do. did you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's about ten feet bi- ten <laughs> feet tall and eight feet wide. Uh, and I say and that hand because-
1: grenades. they're just in my pockets.
0: Oh, you mean like real ones? <laughs> <laughs> no, a, a couple maybe. Yeah. So you know, it's it, this is a two way street. You know, the police. If you permit them, if you permit humans too much authority and discretion they will take it. And this is when power corrupts and absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. So what we did is we created this awesome document that people say, Oh, it's no good. It's written by a bunch of old men, blah, 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 white guys, blah, 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 read the damn thing, you know, and see what it says, see what they can't do. It's really sort of a uh, ingenious that if you just follow it, it works. There's a careful, delicate balance that almost always works. It's when you start tinkering with it that it doesn't. And if you let the government have too much power, guess what they're going to do? They're going to take it, and they're going to take more, and they're going to abuse it because that's what humans do. Give me some historical example of that not happening.
1: Can't think of any. Well, People got to remember, the government doesn't have money.
0: No, they don't make it. They
1: They don't don't make it. it. They take it. They take it. Now, they want to
0: make it, and they want— I mean, there's people out there that are advocating, well, the government should be in business, like your business or my business. What a disaster. What a disaster. All right. Well, uh, anyway, I mean, what a great set of questions on, you know, just uh, really relevant stuff.
1: Yeah, I wish that uh, Barbie would have came through on the call. Was it Barbie?
0: Oh, yeah. Was it, Bo- was Brandy? Her Brandy. it was, Brandy? It was close to Brandy. Brandy. Or no, no, Brandy was Loper's. Uh,
1: yeah, that's what he but said. But that was her name, too. But right? that was her name, too. She hung up on him. Yeah. Like no. You said it might have been her. Well, I'm I mean, not even messing with you anymore, Loper.
0: I mean the good news is you can just go to lawyertalkpodcast.com, submit questions. We will answer them right here and uh release the answers. Uh if you have a thought, have an idea, want to appear on the show even as a guest and you think you're really, really interesting, we're willing to do that or at least consider it. Uh and you know, lawyer talk is uh has been around now for a couple of years. We're gonna keep it cranking. Uh, here at channel511.com, comedians on South High. Lots of stuff going on there. You got a show coming up.
1: Got a show coming up. You can go to comediansonsouthhigh.com and purchase tickets there if you like. So, actual show. I mean, we're not talking like a show at the table. No, we're talking about the bogey. We're talking about up in Dublin. The that play, bogey the bogey in. People have known that it's 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 uh, kind of a staple there, and they probably got hit this year whenever they didn't have Mirfield as as heavy as they. Yep. That's that's got to be money for them. I mean, I know it is. It's always full.
0: It's got to be. I mean, you got if you own that business, you got to count on that to uh, to make the grade for the rest of the It'll year. it
1: will be November twelfth. Seating is limited due to the COVID in the room that we have there, but uh, you can purchase a ticket starting now at Eventbrite. Yep, it's through Eventbrite, or you can go to Eventbrite. Yeah. Or like I say, there's a simple link on comediansonsouthside.com. You can do it right to, so you can go on to South Right there, there. yeah. Awesome. They have all the information that you need for it: time, schedule, who's going to be on the show.
0: And if we're talking about show, we're talking about a comedy show with comedy the actual show. comedians. So those of you who have not experienced Jason Banks and crew,
1: yes, they're funny dudes. Kenny Mock, Bobby Dodds. We'll also have a special guest, Henry Allen, and uh, Joe Kay Are you going to get up and do some stand-up? I think I'm doing stand-up. I will be hosting the show. You're going to be the MC. I'll be the MC. You got to tell jokes if you're the MC. Uh, They said I don't know if they're going to let me tell jokes. They don't like my jokes. Any jokes that I've got that that I'll go over with some of my crew and they'll laugh, and then uh, I tell the those guys the jokes and they're like, "Yeah, don't do that." They they don't. (laughs) They don't like any of them. And I started thinking back to like when I was watching Sopranos. I remember there's this one point in time where. Like somebody's just looking back at what's going on, and everybody's laughing at Tony's jokes, right? And his jokes, they sucked, right? Yeah. But Tony was the boss.
0: Yeah, so right. So
1: everybody's laughing at the boss's jokes. Because they have to. So then I kind of think about it when those guys shut me down on my jokes, and I'm like, but everybody else was laughing. I'm like, this, ah, oh, they're my employees. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just, they have just, to laugh. They have to laugh. It's like, this is awful. But I don't know. I'll be up there, I'll be introducing them.
0: I mean, it's sort of like if I—I I mean, you—and and the other thing you got to consider is that these guys, I've listened to them, I've seen their sets that you've showed me on uh, the recordings, and you know they're pros. So if I were like a musician and I were—and I were introducing a bunch of professional musicians, i would like, I think I'm going to take a stab and play a little solo here. It's like you, you know,
1: you are its not going to work out too well. It's not going to work out that well. <laughs> right. But you know, on this show as well, they got their other guests coming in, and these guys are going to be uh, work. They're going to be doing a lot of new material. Because, you know, I don't know if people realize how long it really takes for somebody to get a set. And I think that even Seinfeld said it, to get like an hour takes you 10 years.
0: Isn't that amazing? Um, I heard uh, uh, Rogan talk about this. Uh, Maybe he was on his podcast or maybe, I think he was was getting interviewed, like he was talking on his podcast or something, and he had to say, he goes, look, it's a, like, and and then it's like a, a, the, the, even when you have your set, like to for him to go do a show or, or a special, it's like a year of preparation
1: just to be able to do that. Yes. And then they tour it for a year and then they got to do it again. Or I've seen where I've gone with them and they're supposed to have 15 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes or something. Somebody else is in or somebody dropped off. And then the, the head guy will come up and be like, Hey, I know you had this many minutes, but now we're going to give you this many. Add or minus isn't always good. And like I've seen before where he's gotten like five minutes subtracted or sometimes he's had it added. But now he's because he's got one joke that's three minutes, one joke's five minutes, one joke. You know, so sometimes when they change their time, he's like, I had my set, but now I've got to change it. And sometimes you can't just add one, you know what I mean? Because they, oh, yeah. ha- they have to have mm-hmm. a flow. You know what I mean? They've got numbers of different jokes that work within each other. And I mean, I've seen, you know, banks go up and and do 45 minutes and he left, you know, another 45 minutes of other jokes on the table that he didn't use. So, but with this event here, he's like, you know, I've got my classic, I got my stuff that's set. He's like, but uh, we want to come out with some of our new product, COVID product. Now, on top of that, to where we'll see how the joke that sells out, if we do another one. So if we do... The good news on that is that we could do about three shows and people wouldn't see the same thing and i've gone and seen comedians where i'll see the same ones or i'll see openers and, and i mean i've always been a fan and i get how it works i mean they don't just make those jokes up that night yeah it's <clears> a routine know. right it's a prepared It's routine, routine. And, and sometimes i'll see a comedians and i'll see the same shows but like i've seen somebody three times maybe it's been somewhat the same show but then I'll hear a new joke here, a new joke there, a new joke there. You know, they'll throw them in. To where I've even seen when we were just up in Cleveland, uh, Banks and Kenny, they were, the show was hitting, it was going hard, the crowd was with it, and they both tried new jokes. And, I mean, brand new, first time told on the stage there. And sometimes they're like, you know what, I'll throw in one. When the the crowd's with me and it's already going, then I can kind of keep going on that wave. To where even if this fells a little flat and didn't, They'll sit down and work together and they'll be like, you know, you should add this. And, you know, instead of Wendy's, make it Arby's. And, you know, I mean, something, yeah. something, something small on, on the different jokes. And uh, last Wednesday, we were at the open mic there, uh, which they, I don't think we'll be there this Wednesday, probably next Wednesday. But a lot of Wednesdays open mic in uh, Black Lake, right outside of Reynoldsburg there off of uh, Broad Street. It's uh, Red Rock and uh, Joe Kay. Now Joe Kay is a, uh, he's a bartender at uh, the bogey and whenever we showed up there to talk to the manager about the show he came over to help us out and and he recognized kenny immediately you know he knew who he was and banks knew who he was and he was talking to us and he says he does some stand-up and uh so they offered him uh five minutes five oh, minutes awesome, right that's awesome. and uh so we went to uh open mic and joe K came I, I hit him up and i was like hey man uh, we're gonna be at the open mic what you got going on and he's like, yeah, I, I, I can make it, I can make it. So he came down. And it was like, I don't know, a, these guys, sometimes they go up, sometimes they don't go up. And on this show, they had a guy that was horrible. He wouldn't shut up. He just was just going, Heck, heckler, he was just right, tackling yeah. right at him. And throughout the whole show, where at one point, too, Bobby was like, I'm not going up there. I'm not going up there with that guy. I don't need that crap. I, ain't, I don't have time for this because that's all it'll be. It's all about him, you know, and then. And, but Joe K went up there and, uh, he told some jokes and he came, we were sitting at a round table at the very far end of the bar and it was Jason and Kenny and, and Bobby and, and a lot of the other comedians and fresh comedians, they know these guys, they know these Columbus, they, they know these guys and, and they're kind of becoming the seniors. You know, they, they have moved mm-hmm. up to where they used to be that and now they're to hear and these guys come up. What do you think? You know, they ask questions on it and, uh, Joe went up there. He hadn't been up in a while. Once again, he's just doing open mics. And uh, when he came back to the table, we were kind of sitting there. I was like, you know, Joe, I I have to tell you, I was laughing. I don't know why, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I was laughing. And Kenny was like, I was laughing too. But that was mainly because we were just watching you struggle. We were were watching you up there. Like I say, didn't have the, and it's kind of odd too, because majority, I mean, there'll be like 15 sometimes comedians that'll go up. And uh, some of them are fresh. Some of them, you know, mean, work around. And uh, so y- you see them go up there, and, and you got to remember the crowd is mainly comedians. Yeah, it's a rough crowd. You know what I mean? so But it's rough to a point because they will sit down, and they all work with each other, and they're all like this, hey, man, you went up on the stage. And it's about stage time. They're like, it's about getting up there. And then on the drive home, we were all kind of talking, we were like, Joe's show was kind of... You know, but they were like this. Look, man, let's give him the five minutes. They're like somebody's got to help him out. Yeah, and how how's he gonna get better? That's just it. They're like, so we'll give him five minutes. It's his local place, yeah. so you know I mean, he'll get some of his regulars come in because I understand his game there too. He probably tells jokes while he's bartending and working tables, and I used to do that, and I found that those jokes are way easier. It's an easier crowd. To play the puns with and the jokes with, it's situational. It it can kind of work out, but I'm sure they laugh and they're probably like, "Man, you should be a comedian." And then he'd be like, "I do stand up." So now he's going to get to do stand up in his in in his on his home turf. Now he also bartends at the Funny Bone, and he was working at the Funny Bone. That's how he immediately knew these guys. Mm-hmm. And once again, though, he wanted to bartend and work at the Funny Bone with the chance of getting on, which there are a number of people that before they'll even let you go on stage at the funny bone, maybe you get a job there and you can work the door like Henry Allen. He hosts and opens a lot of the shows there But started out. He worked the ticket booth, you know, and sometimes I've gone there before where you'll see an opening act and he'll be waiting tables, you know, that person will be, and then they'll go up on stage. Maybe he's still in their funny bone shirt or sometimes they'll change his shirt. And then, you know I mean? After he does his bit, he goes back, puts his shirt on, goes back to his tables. So a lot of times when you see the employees of a of a, a funny bone laugh actor, anything like that, they're wanna be comedians too. Yeah, they're just and, on, and this, on the lap. And this is the closest they can get in is 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 waiting tables and 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 hounding, hounding and trying to get up on, on the stage.
0: Yeah, but what you guys are doing is breaking the rules. I mean, you this is I mean, you and I have talked about this a lot and and you know, in in the COVID nightmare is a little bit of daylight because what you have is an opportunity for uh, to sort of break the mold of how this normally works. You've just created a comedy show. You're doing it at the Bogey on November 12th. And, you know, people can come watch stand-up. It doesn't have to be at a comedy club. It doesn't have to be uh, at a, at a uh, you know, it's it's not traditional
1: necessarily. I've invited another uh, local restaurateur here. they got a group of investors. They have a restaurant downtown here, and they also have a club and a nightclub, which they got hit pretty. They, they opened up the restaurant right before – corona Mm. i mean so they got hit but anyhow they're going to come to the show and with that it's like if they like the show well, let's do one here let's do one here and if we can get multiple these shows going out throughout i think that uh it'll be a good thing
0: no i talked to freddie
1: i talked to our boy freddie b he's gonna come over help me set up uh, the portable thing but then he said uh looks like he can do the dates he's gonna come be my sound guy awesome um, we're going up there Thursday, looking through it's, uh, in, it's in one of their banquet rooms. We wanted to do it outside, but they're going to be closing down the, the outside, which is got a big area out there. Uh, so we'll be able to seat 80 people. Um, we're trying to figure out if we want to rent, or bring in a stage yep. or if we just want to perform on the floor. Uh, central city graphics hooked us up with our signs, our posters. Great stuff. Um, so we're going to go ahead and put those up there. we we'll have them set up. Good and the, uh, good partner of the 511 it's November 12th. and all listeners out there come on down see a good time I'll be there fresh jokes uh I want to sell the tickets out I want to sell them out I'd like to sell them out within the first you know week to two weeks because if we could do that then there's a possibility of a second show
0: I, I think I think you're on to something um awesome project coming right out of here of uh, 511 and channel 511.com. Uh, comedians on South high again that podcast
1: is comedians on South High i mean a uh, website for <laughs> a podcast comedians on south high dot com comedians on south high dot com all right
0: so check it out um you talked about Freddie B's making the sound good here interesting thing about Freddie B he and I used to listen to eddie van Halen together he Freddie B is a phenomenal guitar player himself uh he and I came up on that started uh playing guitar because of uh, eddie van Halen what a sad sad bit of news that was, but he was only like 65, 65 cancer, man, cancer. Um, but anyway, we got photo Dan. He'll probably be out at the, uh, at the show on November 12th. He's making all the audio or all the, uh, visuals look awesome. So the photography, it's not by accident that if you check out our websites, lawyer, talk podcast.com, comedians on south com, that the photography is professional because it is, uh, you got a Dan Buckley, a Dan Buckley photography, uh, and all sorts of other great stuff coming post COVID because here
1: at least we're done with it. It's back. It's time to go forward. We'll see what happens November twelfth. Maybe we can get more seats in there. Maybe. So I don't know. Buy yeah, your we'll tickets. See where it goes.
0: Event or go right to comediansouthigh dot com. Buy your tickets right on the website. That's what I intend to do. And uh, check us out every week, all week long on Lawyer Talk off the record on the air, on the air, off the record, whatever it is, at least until now.